Hey guys, this is David King or The Kinger coming to you from uh, beautiful Sarasota, Florida. It's the start of fall, I guess, but we are sitting at a very, very freezing 75 degrees. Long may winter last. Uh, really love the sort of change of season here when you end up with less humidity, but it's still very, very pleasant. Well, hopefully you got through my first uh, podcast and thank you for taking the time to actually, you know, listen to it. And I've kind of taken the view that my plan for the next couple of podcasts is to share some lessons that to me were hugely impactful on my life. So if I look back and I try and figure out what was it that happened in my life that had a massive impact, what changed the way I saw things? And, you know, some of these sort of moments come when you are younger. Some of them come when you're much older. I often look back and wish that a lesson I had had been learned earlier or something that I realized I'd realized at a much younger age. So my my plan for the next couple of uh, podcasts is just to share with you some of those lessons that really, really changed the way that I see and do things. And hopefully they'll have some sort of an impact on you. As I mentioned to you guys, I grew up in in South Africa, um, or Southern Africa, first in Zimbabwe and and then in South Africa. And um, I grew up in a time, you know, I was born in 1972. Yes, I'm very old. I I do know that. Um, No, but seriously, I grew up in a time when, you know, discipline was very different to what it is today, especially in a place like Zimbabwe or South Africa. You know, children were there to be um, seen and not heard. Uh, There was a lot of tradition. The community sort of participated in bringing you up, although your parents were very close to you and very involved in your lives, um, the community as a whole was very involved in what you did and how you did it. So one of my earliest lessons in life um, happened to me when I was probably five or six years old, and it was probably the single best lesson that I got and has served me incredibly well over time. And I'm going to paint the picture for you and see if you actually can identify with this. So Again, go back into the dark ages. People were very strict. Um, I'm a little five or six-year-old kid. We go and visit friends of ours. I'll never forget. He had this very special coffee tree that he had brought from somewhere, somewhere in Kenya, I believe. And it had um, its first year crop of berries on it. Um, Not very many, but enough for him to be able to apparently harvest them and, you know, put them into some sort of a testing program that would allow him to see whether they were the right sort of quality and then he could sort of expand his test and start to grow these trees in a in a more commercial manner. Now obviously I was a five-year-old kid I saw these berries on the tree and I went to him and I asked if I could have one and the answer was a very resounding no. It was absolutely not there's only five berries and these are my berries and, and I need to do them or grow them, or produce with them. So I left it at that. Now, here's where the, the conflict started in me, is is that externally I said yes, uh, Mr. Whoever, and, and ran away, because that's what I had to do. I wasn't allowed to question that, and I wasn't allowed to take it any further. So the answer was a resounding yes, sir, and move on. Internally, I had to have one of those berries, right? You must understand, there were only five of them, and there were big red berries. And I knew that if you put them out in the sun, the skin comes off and then you've got the coffee bean and, you know, I, I, was, I figured there was something. If this was such an important berry, I surely needed to have, you know, sort of a piece of it. I, I, I needed to be part of it. Anyway, so I left it and I went and played and 
you know, the, the, the afternoon wore on and then we came to a point where we were leaving and I simply couldn't resist. So what I did is I went to the tree and I decided that if I picked one berry, there were only five, but if I took one and I took not the shiniest one, but maybe the second shiniest one, nobody would ever really know the difference. So I picked it. And like an idiot, I kept it in my hand. I didn't put it in my pocket. I didn't hide it somewhere. I kept it in my hand. As we came to leave, I was sitting in the back seat. I, you could, I can almost see this little five-year-old with a smug grin on his face kind of thinking, I've pulled it off. I've done it. Nobody knows any differently. The only problem was Mr. Ralph came to say goodbye to me and he insisted on shaking my hand. This again was very much the protocol, didn't matter what age you were. So he reaches out his hand and I, and I had the coffee berry in my right hand and I gingerly stuck my hand out and he shook my hand, more a fist, and kind of said to me, what's in your hand? By this time, both my parents are sitting in the front seat of the car, have turned around and are looking at me. now. My mum is maybe the sweetest lady you'll ever meet, but she's got huge, big blue eyes. And if you make her mad, it's dangerous. It's not the kind of thing that you really want to do. Um, she looks at me and she says to me, what have you got in your hands? And uh, I said nothing. And she asked me again. Now, we had a policy that if you told the truth, most things will be resolvable. You may be in serious trouble, but you, you could get out of it. Anyway, cut a long story short. Uh, I had to open my hand and there was the coffee berry and needless to say I was not very popular my mum gave me a look that told me that I was in serious trouble and I had to give the berry back and we drove home in very solemn silence my parents didn't say a word which was not really the best way I was trying to kind of make idle chatter and trying to distract and do whatever I could but they were very very ominously silent Anyway, we got home and I was told to go to my room and wait and my mum came to me and I'm pretty sure I got a hiding and that may sound a little bit draconian, but if I look back, it was one of very few hidings that I ever got. But the lesson that came with that hiding has served me unbelievably well. And the, the hiding or the lesson was basically that if you're going to say something or you promise not to do something, you need to follow through with that. In other words, don't lie. It's as simple as that. And I'll never forget my mother's words. She sat me down after she had given me a, a, a hiding or before she gave me a hiding. And she looked at me and she said to me, and these words will live with me for the rest of time. She said to me, you are not clever enough to remember a lie. She says, you have to remember that in order for something to come back to you or to repeat it, especially further and further down the line, you have to have been there. You can only relive something if you were there to start with. If you make it up, you simply don't have the brain capacity to remember all your little lies because you weren't there and they'll fade away. Now take a moment to think about this. It's, it's really true. If you've ever done something or been there, that story will live with you. It may dull with time. It may get a little hazy or you may not remember it entirely, but you will certainly remember the major parts of it, right? That's the lesson that she gave me. And from that day forward, I, I said to myself, you know what, if I wasn't there or if I didn't do it, don't say you did it. You create a false expectation. If you're going to say to somebody, I'm doing this, then do it. If you didn't do it, reach out and just say to them, listen, I told you I was going to do this. I didn't do it for this reason. And as a business lesson, this has been huge for me because 
There's no substitute in life for reputational risk. When everything is said and done, you're going to have people that are very successful businessmen or entrepreneurs. You're going to have very successful doctors. You're going to have very successful um, tradesmen. It doesn't matter what you do. But if you go and look really carefully at what made those people successful, is they have a reputation that is absolute, absolutely beyond question. And that comes from integrity. And integrity really is doing the right thing when nobody is watching. And if you think back to the little lie analogy, all I had to do was tell the truth and I, the truth would have set me free, right? But my mum gave me that lesson and it's lived with me forever. So one of the lessons I want to give you is if you tell somebody something or if you, if you set out on a journey, just make it a point that I'm not going to build whatever I'm building on the premise of lies. We've all heard the analogies about building your home on, on a proper foundation and in the Bible it speaks about the man that you know sowed the seeds in bad soil or built his home on a sandy foundation. The principle is exactly the same. If you start your venture, if you start your professional life or your entrepreneurial life with a very simple promise to yourself that what you say is what you're going to do and you'll maintain that, I think you're going to have a lesson that is going to serve you incredibly well for as long as you do it. So anyway, that was one major, major epiphany that sort of hit me in the face and it's really helped me through time. And when I've got into the darkest corners or when I've got into a place where I really don't know how to get out of and I'm really at a, at a sort of loggerheads, I stop, I take a moment and I think about that moment in the backseat of that old car holding that berry and I think, what should I have done? And you know what? Every single time I apply the lesson and I tell the truth and I justify why I did it, it always works out okay. So my lesson today, if you can take something from this, is just be true to yourself, be true to the people around you, and everything will start to sort of fall into place. All right, guys, um, this is Kinger again. This is episode two. Hopefully you will be getting some benefit out of this, and I hope to see you in episode three. Thanks very much.